welcome to, to our, our podcast. podcast. Okay, I'm Bianca. I'm Kyra. I'm Rain. I'm Gab. I'm Kerwin. Um, we are a group that will be talking about art and reality through the different museums in the Philippines, particularly the Phil- the Desert Museum, the Van Gogh Museum, and the National Museum. So first of all, the Desert Museum, according to its website, is a museum filled with sugar sweetness in each of its room. This is the only museum you'll ever slide into. You'll be choosing your path and when you choose your rooms and you'll be emerged in different desserts that you'll see. As you go through each room, you'll be given sweets that you can taste or even life-sized uh, replicas of the desserts. The next one is the Van Gogh Museum. The Van Gogh Alive is the world's most visited multi-sensory exhibition which is now open in Manila. It started in October 26 and it will end in December 8. It's located in Bonifacio High Street and this has been uh, much anticipated since it had exhibits in Hong Kong and Taiwan. And lastly, the National Museum is a complex in Manila which includes the National Art Gallery, the Museum of the Filipino People, and the future National Museum of Natural History. These were built in the early 20th century and now functions as museums that house the National Fine Arts Collection and the National Archaeological and Ethnographic Collections. For this podcast, we're going to answer four questions and um, our group members will form a discussion about these questions. So for the first question is... The Desert and Museum and Van Gogh Museum are two museums that doesn't accurately, accurately represent reality. What would Plato or Aristotle say about this? What's your opinion? Why are they so popular? Okay, and me and me, Bianca and Gab will discuss about it. So, Gab, what do you think about the Desert and Van Gogh Museum? Well, what do Plato and Aristotle say about it? Well, first of all, for me, I think that Plato would think of it as something that was bad because, of course, you know, mm-hmm. Plato doesn't really like art. He says that art doesn't it doesn't conform with his beliefs and stuff. So, being that the Desert Museum is one that does not, like, accurately represent reality with all of the different desserts and stuff, um, I think that he would re- really highly disagree with it. Um, yeah, I agree with you because um, according to Plato, um, art is three generations away from reality. So, of course, um, the reality we live in is already an imitation of the metaphysical realm. So, if art therefore is an imitation of reality therefore it's three generations away from reality so plato thinks that this is a deception so of course i believe that especially the van gogh and um desert museum since these are very um exaggerated forms of reality and very um uh interpretive interpretative interpretative um versions and perceptions of reality. I really think that Plato would not like the contents of this of these museums. Well, more about what do you think of the Van Gogh Museum in terms of Aristotle's beliefs? Well, um I think that 
Aristotle, um, of course, Aristotle believes that um, art is very creative. Um, art does not simply um, imitate reality. It's it's uh, it's a creative production. So I think that he'd like these, like the contents of these museums, since they are very delightful and pleasurable, and in a way they represent reality, especially Van Gogh's works that um, that would make you feel that is cathartic, um, that will help you purge some emotions since Van Gogh's works are very emotionally um, driven and emotional um, productions. But I don't think that he exactly like it because they, you don't learn much from these museums, especially the Zurich Museum. What do you think? Well, um, I did research further on Aristotle's beliefs when it comes to art. Um, he did say that... Wait, sorry. <coughs> he did say that imitation is part of, of us as human beings, so I believe that when, did, when Vincent van Gogh painted the artworks, he was trying to imitate something. So, in terms of Aristotle's beliefs, I think that Vincent van Gogh is doing something that's very human-like because as what Aristotle said it is part of human nature um I did see that Vincent van Gogh's paintings portrayed what he was feeling during those periods of times and if you see the biography of Vincent van Gogh you could see that he was going through different phases in terms of emotions I think um his emotions did reflect what he was trying to paint with in terms of colors the subjects themselves so yeah so you can see like the cathartic element. Yeah, I do see the cathartic element. How about the dessert museum? For the dessert museum, yeah. in terms of Aristotle. And um, imitation. Imitation. Well, of course, dessert being us human beings, um, dessert is really a big part of us. So I think what the, the museum was trying to imitate was well, they were trying to expound upon our liking when it comes to dessert. So I think... That yeah, it is a good representation then. Mm-hmm. Well, considering that Aristotle is very art for art's sake, I think he'd appreciate it more than Plato. But I feel like he wouldn't totally appreciate it because, like, fully understand it because you don't learn anything from it, or it's just purely for art for art's sake. It's just purely for pleasure. So I feel like it's losing the learning element of it. So there. Let's move on. To the next any, question. Do you guys have anything to, to add? No? Okay. It's all good. It's all good. How, okay, so for our next question is, what would Plato and Aristotle say about National Museum? And me and Gab will answer it again. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you think Plato and Aristotle would say about National Museum? Well, first of all, um, without the thought of Plato and Aristotle, I think that the National Museum itself, it represents the Philippines very well because, of course, it is, a, it is a collection of different types of artworks. There's the ethnological, as what, Avian, what's, what Rain said. There are also the cultural stuff and also the archeo, archeo, sorry, archaeologic. Yeah. Well, in terms of Aristotle, well, since, of course, it did include a lot of the paintings from... The olden times, I think that they were able to well imit- imitate the feeling. If you see the, wait, if you see the paintings themselves, you could really feel the the feelings of the artists, the emotions that they were trying to portray during the time that they were painting them. Well, in terms of Plato, 
um, since of course he did not like imitation that much, I feel like the artist maybe they could have like added a bit more, a bit more painting, a bit more feeling into the paintings. Yeah. Um. Well, I like what you said about how a lot of the paintings in National Museum are about olden times, or rather history. They're very historical paintings that show culture and um, what has happened in the Philippines' past. So I feel like Aristotle would appreciate the contents of this museum more than the two prior museums because you could learn about you could learn about our history, our culture, and at the same time, it's very pleasurable to learn since it is in this art medium. And um, again, like you said, it's very purging. It's very cathartic um, looking at these paintings uh, about. Um, displays of war and it also displays um, of women that, and uh, just all these things. It shows you what the Philippines has done in the past to, uh, to respond to these things and also what we have done. <laughs> um, um, but in Plato's mind, yeah, you're also right. Um, I feel like Plato would not like these well, things. We wouldn't agree with what like, the artists were trying to portray. Yeah, what the artists were trying to portray because he doesn't believe in imitation and in art. Um, I like, um, like in uh, in the Republic book then, um, I remember a very um, specific quote from Plato where he said that um, um, there's this healer. People could write about healers and how they could heal, but they wouldn't fully understand the process of healing and how to, and how and they wouldn't fully understand what it means to be a doctor, so um, um, what it fully means to be a doctor. So um, so if you look at the paintings there of like war and tragedy or even like farming and culture, the artists probably don't fully understand what it means to be these people or what happens in these scenes. So there. Okay, let's move on to our next question. So the next question is, what is exhibition and cult value, and how is the Desert Museum modifying this, and how does the National Museum uphold this? So um, me and uh, Kirwan will be talking about, me, Rain, and Kirwan will be talking about it. So um, first off, cult value is the value of an artistic production within the service of cult. While exhibition value is the value of an object exhibited or presented publicly, it refers to the contents of information contained within the piece, literally by showing it. So, so hello, I'm Kerwin. So, first off, I'll be focusing on the National Museum. So, the National Museum does a great job of preserving the value of these artworks by ensuring that um, these artworks would not be lost in history, like out of sight, out of mind. So artworks such as the Spoliarium, uh, the assassination of Governor Bustamante can now be seen by the general public for free. And to me, these museums and galleries hold so much importance in our society because um, it gives us a glimpse of the Philippine history. What was it, what was it like 10, 20, 100 years ago? And what was the Philippine structure like in the past? So without these galleries and museums, I don't think we would be as aware as we are today of these artworks that reflect uh, the collective identity of, Philippi 
as Filipinos and as a nation? Okay, so um, for the Desert Museum, um, this is a museum that uh, focuses mainly on deserts. So it is located at the S. Mason in Conrad Hotel, Manila. It it costs around 700 pesos to enter there. So you'll see from there that it's kind of expensive for a museum. However, if you enter it, you'll uh, realize why it's worth like that because you'll be given desserts along the way and the experiences you'll have are not of uh, typical museums where you just walk in and appreciate it because you'll also be uh, playing with the swings for example like um, the cake pops you can uh, sit on them and there's also an interactive uh, place where you can uh, lie down on balls where the idea of it is like you're in a bubblegum room. Um, so every room is different and the experience you'll have is different. Um, so I think in that way, uh, it creates an experience for the people entering there. And uh, it's not a mundane way of, uh, of entering a museum. Like you'll be experiencing something new in every room you enter. So as you can see that uh, judging from its location and its price that not everyone is able to have access to it. Um, there's only a limited uh, audience that can appreciate this. Also since this is an interactive museum that not everyone will be able to enjoy since not everyone is willing to try out all the activities there or even their desserts. So ideally, this is a place for couples to go on a date with or for families who have children since they are the ones who can appreciate this more. Uh, this museum is not really meant for everyone since not everyone can actually appreciate it and enjoy it. So there's a limited class and um, limited age of people who are able to really get the most of what they pay for when they go to this museum. Though it presents a new way of being in a museum, it does not offer historical and educational impact to the audience. It does not have an entirely different essence in giving out an artistic experience to its guests. So that's my take on how Desert Museum gives an experience to its audience. Okay, so does anybody else want to add to this question? Well, I think we're all okay. So maybe we can move on to the next. Okay, so our next and final question is, we can consider the art works in the Van Gogh Museum as art in the age of mechanical reproduction. Based on the reading by Walter Benjamin, do you think it diminishes the original artwork's aura and value? So, uh, me and Karun will be discussing this question. So, Karun, what do you think? Um, 
Personally, although the artwork could have retained its historical significance through an air of uh, mystery and anonymity, I would argue that uh, mechanical reproduction does not diminish the artwork's value and aura. Um, mainly because mechanical, mechanical reproduction allowed these artworks and masterpiece to become more accessible to a lot more people across the globe. And this leads to um, a lot more interpretations and a lot more explanations of these artworks. And not to mention the fact that people can see things which are not in front of them through their gadgets, through a quick Google search. And, and also, um, Van Gogh Alive is here in the Philippines. Do you think it's possible without mechanical reproduction? Of course not, definitely no. So, um, uh, and it being here in the Philippines actually opens up more opportunities to spread the beauty of art and to spread the beauty of the artworks and masterpiece uh, Van Gogh created throughout his life. So, yeah, this, this just leads to more appreciation of these artworks on, and make th these artworks more valuable. Yeah, I agree with you because, like, personally, Van Gogh Alive was still able to capture the essence of the original works. It was just through another medium. It made an artwork that was originally just something we'd observe into an interactive experience that made the work feel more within our reach because now it's possible for us to be part of the artwork. You know, it like it brought us to the world of Van Gogh's paintings with the sound effects, music, and the way the works were digitized to move. Like, for example, when the museum displays Van Gogh's work of Wheatfield and Crowes, the entire room stimulates your senses with the sounds of the field being blown by the wind, the soft playing of a violin in the background, and the way that the painting itself is animated with the sound. Or like the installation imitating Van Gogh's painting, um, the bedroom. It's different when you're literally inside the painting as to when you're just looking at it. In this installation, you actually get to see Van Gogh's bedroom through his eyes and how he emotionally and artistically depicts it. And although it may just be like a simulation of a simulation of his real bedroom, it heightens the experience and the emotion one feels when encountering um, the reality of Van Gogh himself. Because it seems, it seems and feels realer. And because of this accessibility, it makes us closer to knowing and understanding the artist himself. And like, you know, we no longer have to fly all the way to the Netherlands to experience his work or listen to what he and his work has to say. So, in relation to Benjamin's concept of aura in the year of mechanical reproduction, um, I think, yeah, the aura is diminished, but I don't think that the, but I do think that the artistic value still remains. Like, um, the, I believe that the essence of art shouldn't lie in its exclusivity and that the value of seeing an, ori an, or an original work of Van Gogh is kind of the same as seeing, as, as seeing it on the, the projector screen because they both radiate the same subliminal messages that the artist Van Gogh desires desire to express. And art can be repro reproduced and reproduced and reproduced. And although its market value changes, uh, the artistic value that the artist places on the work remains the same. Cause 
I think that art flourishes beyond our physical world. Similar, you know, similar to the human soul. The value of an individual is not determined solely by their physical attributes, rather by the values and behaviors, by their values and behaviors, which are concepts that exist beyond the realm of our physical reality. And the physical presence of these concepts are only there to relay that essence of that specific individual. So in comparison to art, its values lie in the influence of its message, not in its quote-unquote originality. So going back to Van Gogh, he didn't paint for the high society in the first place. He painted to battle his depression. He, his paintings can mean a number of things varying from one individual to another, whether it's hope, love, loneliness, despair. And the point is, is that he wanted someone to sympathize with him, to know, that, to know what he was going through. It was never about art for art's sake. It wasn't about joining the elite society. All Van Gogh wanted in life was to be heard. So to have a museum like Van Gogh alive, I think we've given that justice. Mm. I really like what you said. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's about, I really like how you said, it doesn't, personally, it doesn't matter if the aura is diminished or, or whatever i feel like the aura is such an elitist way of looking at art mm. and by reproducing these works and yeah you could say that we diminish the aura but it closes the gap between the elite and the masses and art should if we argue that art should be for everyone we shouldn't um we shouldn't bring the topic of aura we should bring the topic of who is it being experienced by? So yeah, I really do think that the Van Gogh Alive Museum really just closes the gap between these two classes. So, so I guess that wraps up our podcast on art in light of reality and value through the Desert Museum, National Museum, and Van Gogh Alive, and how different philosophers like Aristotle and Plato would react to these works of art. We hope that this was able to offer you a new perspective of these museums and hopefully you get to check them out yourselves. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you. <laughs>